0: Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 1. Dead flies cause a perfumer's perfume to send forth a stink, the precious by reason of wisdom, by reason of honor, a little folly. This says that one dead fly in the perfumer's ointment will ruin the perfume and cause it to stink, just as one foolish error will cause a wise man to lose his honor. Even if you normally walk in righteousness, if you do one really stupid thing, then everybody will remember it. 2 The wise of heart is at his right hand, and the heart of a fool at his left. The right hand is considered to be the strongest, and that is why the Lord's right hand is Jesus Christ. Here it says that a wise man's heart is strong for him, but a fool's heart is weak. 3 And also, when he that is a fool is walking in the way, his heart is lacking, and he hath said to everyone, he is a fool. Even when a fool is walking on the right path, he still shows himself to be foolish to other people. So for instance, a foolish person may choose to go to Bible college, but if they are foolish, they are still going to end up doing foolish things even in Bible college. For If the Spirit of the Ruler go up against thee, thy place leave not for yielding quieteth great sinners. This says that when your boss is mad at you, don't stop working, because if you continue to work faithfully, you will eventually be forgiven whatever your errors were, but a lot of people just give up and they walk out permanently. So that's a big mistake, because if you stick in there, you may have to endure your boss's wrath for a day or two, but you'll still have a job. That applies to us as Christians as well. If we sin, there's no reason to abandon the faith completely. We just need to repent and get back on the narrow path with Jesus. 5. There is an evil I have seen under the sun as an error that goeth out from the ruler. 6. He hath set the fool in many high places, and the rich in a low place do sit. Solomon is saying some leaders turn foolish people into their puppets and put them in high positions so that they can control them because they know an intelligent person they won't be able to control. 7 I have seen servants on horses, and princes walking as servants on the earth. Sometimes people in authority like to live a normal life and do normal things and be responsible for themselves, and sometimes servants are allowed to stand in for those whom they serve. 8 Whoso is digging a pit falleth into it, and whoso is breaking a hedge, a serpent biteth him. It's interesting how Ecclesiastes has this general theme that life isn't fair, and then it'll slip in all of these proverbs here and there. But the proverbs usually relate to the theme that life isn't fair. So all of these proverbs are explaining things that don't seem fair on the surface level. For instance, if you dig a pit that you intend somebody else to fall into, you fall in it yourself. Or, if you are working in a hedge, a snake will come out and bite you. Just when you intend that you are in control, something happens that causes you to lose control. 9 Whoso is removing stones is grieved by them. Whoso is cleaving trees endangered by them. If you lift stones to build a wall, for instance, it will break your back. And if you chop a tree down, the tree may fall on you. 10. If the iron hath been blunt, and he the face hath not sharpened, then doth he increase strength, and wisdom is advantageous to make right. Solomon says that if you try to chop a tree with a dull axe, you'll have to use a lot more muscle to chop the tree down. But if you're wise, you'll sharpen the axe, and it won't be so difficult. 11. If the serpent biteth without enchantment, then there is no advantage to a master of the tongue. In India and some other places, they have snake charmers who command the snake to bite at a certain time. Solomon is saying if the snake bites whenever it wants to, then there is no advantage to having a snake charmer. 12 Words of the mouth of the wise are gracious, and the lips of a fool swallow him up. Wise people are gracious to others because they see the big picture. They see consequences for their actions. They know that they're going to have to deal with this person again. And so they need to be gracious so that they can build a relationship and build rapport and eventually get what they want from that person. But if you're foolish, then you instantly react every time somebody does something that you don't like and you burn bridges so that later on there is no relationship and you can't work with that person anymore. You may say things that are unkind or rude, and then that destroys the relationship. 13. The beginning of the words of his mouth is folly, and the latter end of his mouth is mischievous madness. When foolish people talk, they start out by saying foolish things, such as reacting, calling names, making promises that they can't keep, or threatening people. And they end the conversation by saying even worse things that are downright madness. For instance, blaming somebody else for their own decisions and their own problems. Or commanding people to do things that people can't even do. So when you start out talking foolishly, if you don't repent, you'll end up talking like a madman. Fourteen and the fool multiplieth words man knoweth not that which is and that which is after him who doth declare to him this has been said before in ecclesiastes and proverbs but it's being said again foolish people talk too much they talk so much that they end up contradicting themselves and making prophecies that can never come true there's like a prophet industry today there's people all over the world making their money off of Christians because they call themselves prophets, but all of them are fools because all of them talk too much, and they say a lot of things that actually never happen. Don't trust somebody who talks a lot. 15 The labor of the foolish wearieth him, in that he hath not known to go unto the city. People bring their merchandise into the city to sell it, and Solomon says a foolish man is lazy and he doesn't like to work to create a product that he can sell, and therefore he doesn't even know how to go to the city because he's never had enough merchandise to justify making a trip. 16. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a youth and thy princes do eat in the morning. Thankfully, when Solomon was a child, He had good counselors, and he was able to be a good ruler for quite a while in his youth. Plus he had the miracle of the Lord giving him supernatural wisdom. 17 Happy art thou, O land, when thy king is a son of free men, and thy princes do eat in due season, for might and not for drunkenness. In the previous verse he was saying A land will have woe if a king is young and if he is self-indulgent. I guess breakfast was considered a self-indulgent meal back then because people should be working when they get up and not eating when they first get up. It's interesting because farmers would get up and work for several hours before they came in for supper, which was the first meal of the day, but it would be served after they had done a few hours of work. So he's saying a land will be better when a king comes from nobles, meaning that he deserves to be in that position, and when princes work for their food and they don't just lay around and be gluttons. 18 By slothfulness is the wall brought low, and by idleness of the hands doth the house drop. It takes effort to maintain what you have, your property and your house, so over time your wall will get eroded if you don't make repairs to the top of it, and your house will fall into ruin if you don't keep it up and its laziness a lot of times that causes houses to fall into ruin. 19 For mirth they are making a feast, and wine maketh life joyful, and the silver answereth withal. 19 says that when people want to have fun, they indulge in money, in drinking, and in eating. Indulgence is what makes life fun and enjoyable. 20 Even in thy mind a king revile not, and in the inner parts of thy bedchamber revile not the rich, for a fowl of the heavens causeth the voice to go, and a possessor of wings declareth the word. This is where that saying came from, a little bird told me. A lot of times what we think we are saying in confidence or in secret, somebody hears and then goes and spreads the gossip. He's saying don't say anything that you don't want people to know because somebody is bound to hear you. And that's very true. And that concludes Ecclesiastes chapter 10. In the next two chapters, Solomon will wind up his arguments and he'll come to a final conclusion that it actually makes sense whereas a lot of what he said was based on materialism and the temporal world. So it doesn't really make sense to a follower of Jesus, because we are not following Jesus for anything in this world, we are following him to go into eternity. A lot of Solomon's arguments don't really apply to the Christian life, but in the last two chapters he will make a little more sense.